episode 25 of Internal Budget. It's our Silver Jubilee. I had to Google that, of course. As always, Brandon Mackey here, staff writer for Silver7Sends.com and noted mask wearer. Yes, wear your masks. Indoors, close to people, just if you feel like it. Wear a mask. Nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. Anyway, as you can probably tell, there's going to be a lot of coronavirus talk on this episode. Nothing too depressing. We're going to keep it light. I know everybody's sick of the doom and gloom, but that's what's making news in the NHL this week. It's the return to play. It's how COVID-19 is having its say on whether or not the league should return to play. Clearly, it has picked a side, and we will certainly get to that. But I hope you all had a fantastic Canada Day. Mine was pretty cool. I got to hang out with a buddy of mine, got to see the family, social distance, of course, not breaking that social group of 10 people. And I was actually on CTV News Channel. They were kind enough to invite me on to get my take on Toronto and Edmonton, looking like they're going to be named the NHL's hub cities for its return to play, ideally at the beginning of August. And like I said in the interview, clearly this wasn't the league's first choice. I don't think Toronto and Edmonton were at the top of the list. They seem to be really keen on Vegas and Vancouver being their two cities, or at least, you know, those being one of the two cities. But neither of them really presented themselves as viable options for different reasons. Vegas has uh, seen their numbers go up recently in terms of coronavirus cases, whereas Vancouver has seen theirs nice and low, but they never really expressed a willingness uh, to be part of the NHL's return to play. Dr. Bonnie Henry is a national hero, and in my mind, if she doesn't want the NHL there, the NHL shouldn't be there. But if this goes well, then this is a big deal for Canadian hockey. It's really, really good for Canadian hockey. Edmonton and Toronto are some of the best hockey markets in the world. You could make the argument that Toronto is the best one in Canada. A lot of people would say Montreal. Either of those makes me want to vomit, but you got to give the devil its due. And Edmonton, one of the more storied hockey histories, Um, pretty much in the entirety of the sport. So having two hockey-loving places as the host cities for a revised playoff format, definitely not the worst thing in the world. Not for the NHL, not for fans, not for the players. It's really hard to be upset about this. I think the league is A-OK with it. And, And look, this could work. I know there's a lot of people who believe that the NHL should just shut it down. They don't believe that the league can do it safely. They think players are going to players as staff members, people are going to get sick, god forbid people die and that it's not worth the risk. But I really do believe that teams are struggling right now because they're not centralized. Because they're not in these bubbles that they're calling it. These isolated hub cities. 
or the phase four secure zone, as the league wants to call it. Places like, you know, that are becoming hotspots like Florida and St. Louis are just getting lit up and it's affected the teams. It's it's players have gotten sick. Staff members have gotten sick. And we're going to get to that after. Trust me. But it makes sense when you factor in that these guys are and these people are going out in their communities. They're going grocery shopping. They're you know, they have to live. They have to go outside. They have to go out in public. Or their family members do. So it stands to reason that they're going to get sick in places where everyone is getting sick. The United States is a tire fire right now. I think it was estimated that... I saw an estimate today where someone said they at least have 1 million positive coronavirus cases walking around just in the public. That's bananas. It's, it's insane. So, of course, these guys are going to get sick. And, of course, they're going to be less likely to get sick, not just in bubbles in where there's no exposure to the virus, but in places like Toronto and Edmonton where the cases have substantially gone down. I live in Toronto. Things are really starting to ease up around here. We used to have 300-plus cases a day. Now we've got cases in the double digits. Things are going in the right direction. It's really hard when teams and players are all over the continent and it's everyone for themselves. But if you get them in these hub cities and there's no exposure, it can work. But again, that's that's the catch-22 because it'll be damn near impossible with the way things are going to get teams into these isolated pockets with zero cases. You can't bring cases into the bubble especially when people can be contagious for God knows how long. So that's the challenge. And it's a shame that it took so long to figure out who the hub cities were going to be because it almost seems like it would have been a better idea to fly everyone out to these hub cities, get them there, test them if there's positive cases, quarantine them, and then play from there. And But maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe that would have spread cases like wildfire. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm just an idiot who yells into a microphone for people to listen to and writes about talky video games on blogs. <laughs> jokes, folks. They're just jokes. And, and I'm all for the NHL coming back. I think having hockey back and having a playoff would be great. I would love to watch some playoff hockey, whatever it looks like. But every day, it seems like it's going to be more difficult to get to that point. And part of the reason for that is on July 3rd, it was announced that the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions, have halted their training sessions because, air quotes, multiple people within their organization have tested positive for COVID-19. There's been no official specification on who or how many. There was a St. Louis player, uh, sorry, a St. Louis newspaper that reported it was four players and a coach. But regardless of whether it's one or, you know, 30, it's clearly enough that the Blues have some serious concerns about continuing for right now. And the word is 
that the players may have contracted the virus at a bar. Ooh, boy. Let's say for a moment that they didn't contract the virus at a bar. Let's say it was something totally incidental, totally innocuous, like getting it from, you know, close contact with a loved one or shopping for groceries or something like that. Even if they didn't get it from a bar, who in their right mind is going to a bar right now? I'm not just talking about NHL players here. Especially in the United States. Who the hell is going to a bar? Do people forget what's going on? Like, a pandemic is not over because you're tired of it. I got to see my family last week. It was the first time in... For almost five months. I get it. I'm tired too. I want to see my friends and my family without any worries. I want to be able to go out, have fun. I'm not even 22 years old yet. I'll be 22 in September. Do you think I want to go for beers, go for a night out with my friends? Hell yes, I do. But especially in St. Louis, who at last count had 6,348 cases of COVID-19 with 577 deaths in a city of 318,000 people. To put that in perspective for you, that's roughly 1,500, 2,000 cases less than the province of Alberta, where there are 4.8 million people, 318,000 and 4.8 million. And again, those are only the positive cases that we know of. How stupid, how completely, utterly stupid and selfish can you be? And these guys should not get a pass. Even if they didn't get the virus from the bar, they went to a bar. There's a lot of cracks about hockey players being stupid. Hockey players are not stupid. These guys are adults. All of them. They watch the news, and even if they don't, regardless of what they believe, they've been told by the league and by their teams what's okay and what isn't. I talked not long ago about Eric Engels saying that there were that the estimate was that about 75% of players didn't want to continue with the playoffs. If you are too scared to play hockey, and I'm not minimizing that at all. That's a valid concern. But if that's the case, why the hell are you going to a bar? And it's not even just about you getting sick. It's about the people you put at risk. We've seen how this virus spreads like wildfire. 
You can spread it to people in the public, people that may be immunocompromised, people you could kill, or better yet, not even the players or the coaches. What about the underpaid team staffers that you're coming into contact with almost every day? These people are not millionaires, and you could kill them. Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand the selfishness. I really don't. And again, I'm not saying that they went to the bar or that they got the virus from a bar. This has been what's reported, what's possible. And I'm saying if this is the case, it's completely and utterly stupid, selfish, and moronic. It's reckless. To say nothing of the fact that these guys are the current defending Stanley Cup champions. They are prime contenders to repeat. Are they not supposed to set the example? Are they not supposed to be the guys who know how to win? Who know what it takes to win? Are they not supposed to set the standard? They're supposed to be the ones that have a target on their back. That other teams look to and they say that's how to win. We have to match those guys. We have to beat those guys. And that's how we win. And again, that's just from the hockey side of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm have have an overly romanticized view of the NHL and how it works. But I'm of the belief that if you're the Stanley Cup champions, if you're the defending champs, you're carrying the banner for the league. It's you that people look to. So when you have guys on that team that are throwing caution to the wind and recklessly going out and even worse, getting sick, that strikes me as a problem. And and look, if these reports aren't true, then that's one thing. I'm talking about if they are. I'm not trying to bury guys without any proof. But anyone going to a bar right now, especially in the States where things are just on fire, it's stupid and it's selfish. Those are the two words that come to mind for me. Stupid and selfish. And I talked a little bit about how there's the supposed 75% of NHL players that don't want to come back. Uh, I don't want to make it sound... Like, I am minimizing those guys' fears. I know I already said that, but it's a totally valid concern. There's a bunch of MLB players that said they ain't coming back. NBA players did the same thing. High-profile ones like David Price in the MLB. I don't blame any of these guys. This is your life. My thing is this. Part of the reason... I want to see the NHL come back is because I don't want to see these lower level guys who don't make as much as the 1% of the 1% in the league lose out on the playoff money. That would be really tough. 
And apparently that's one of the reasons why guys aren't speaking out when they don't want to play because they need and or want that playoff money. And I get that totally. But my thing is this. If you don't want to play, say you don't want to play. And I know that's easy for me to say when I have nothing to lose in the equation. Again, I'm a guy who wants hockey to come back. I want to see these guys play. I want to see the Stanley Cup handed out. I want to finish this season. I'm selfish. I want to watch hockey. But I would never want to do it at the expense of guys who don't want to be there, who feel like they're risking everything to be there. That's not fun. That's not what hockey's supposed to be. And if the consensus really is that this overwhelming majority of guys don't want to come back and don't want to play, it's not on the third line and fourth line grinders to say it. It's not on them to put their asses on the line and put their paychecks on the line. It needs to be the Sidney Crosbys. It needs to be the Alex Ovechkins, the Connor McDavid's, the guys who make obscene amounts of money, the guys who make the league better, the high-profile names. It has to be them because, one, people will listen. Sidney Crosby's a very quiet, reserved guy. The same can be said of Connor McDavid. If they come out and they say, I'm putting my foot down, I don't want to play, and I'll stand by anyone that doesn't want to play, then it's over. Then they ain't playing. The league is not playing. That's what has to happen. And the other part of it is because they don't stand to lose anything. Do you think Sidney Crosby is going to be reprimanded by the league or by the Pittsburgh Penguins for coming out and saying he does not want to put his health at risk? Absolutely not. Not happening. Alex Ovechkin? Not happening. Connor McDavid? Not happening. And the thing is, too, there's a lot of hockey fans who are in agreement with them who don't want the NHL to come back, who believe it's not safe. Frivolous is a word I saw used. So there's not going to be a lack of support for people that don't want to play hockey. Even if 100% of the players come out and say, we don't want to play, probably especially then. People like to be in the majority. The NHL will have no choice. If their players don't want to play, they won't play. They're not going to garnish guys' wages or salaries or anything like that. It'd be a PR nightmare. And the NHL is desperately in need of some good PR. The, the issues within hockey culture have been well documented. There's the concussion lawsuit. It has not been a good few years PR-wise for the National Hockey League. So I think no matter what amount of money it costs them, if all the players come out and say, we don't want to play, they won't play. And that's what has to happen. 
guys should not be begrudgingly suiting up for this if they don't want to. This isn't playing through a knee injury or an ankle injury. We're seeing young, healthy people die of this illness. If guys don't want to expose themselves to that, that's fine by me. The most ardent bring hockey back guy on the face of this earth is telling you I'm a-okay if players don't want to play. Especially like diabetic guys like Max Domi. Like what are you doing, man? It's not worth it. Maybe that's easy for me to say. I, I don't know the financial ins and outs of it. I'm not in the position of potentially winning a Stanley Cup. Easy for me to say. For sure. Guy sitting on the sideline and guy who writes about it. But, again, it has to be these higher profile players, the players that make more money, speaking up for the guys lower on the totem pole than them. That is the only way. That is the only way that the players will get what they want. If what they want is not to play. Do I think hockey should come back? I've, I've wrestled with this question for a while. I've said I want hockey to come back. I've said I want the NHL to play to finish the season. But I really haven't committed one way or another to whether they should or should not. And I don't think it's as black and white as that. I really don't. Because I think the hub, the secure hub city approach can and will work. And if that's the case, and the players are on board, why not? Why not do it? The league needs the money. The players need the money. The fans will watch and want to watch. Even the people who are saying the NHL shouldn't come back want to watch hockey. Everyone wants things to go back to normal and to be able to watch hockey again. So if we're talking, if the criteria is that if they should, if they can, they should. And if they can't, they shouldn't. Then I think they can, which I guess means I think they should. But like we just talked about, there seems to be a fairly vocal amount of players that aren't comfortable with going forward but are going to do it anyway and if that's the case then no because it's not Gary Bettman and Bill Daly putting their lives at risk it's not the owners putting their lives at risk it's the players and they should not be forced into that situation whether it's outward or implied. They should not have to worry about losing out on money because they don't want to put themselves in the crosshairs of the worst pandemic we've seen in 100 years. That's, that, that shouldn't be how things work. Is that how it works? I don't know. I'd like to think not. But that's where I stand on it. If the league 
can do it safely and the players want to play, go for it. I will watch. But on the flip side, if they can't do it safely, if they can't keep guys healthy and team staffers healthy and coaching staffs and whoever and the people attending to them in the hotels and whatnot, if they can't keep those people healthy, don't do it. But if you can, go wild. We could all use some distraction right now. It would be nice to have some sports back. Whew, man, let's end on a little bit of a lighter note here. I got one more little thing to talk about before we get to questions. Haley Salvini, the athletic friend of the show, uh, her and Graham or Graham Nichols are doing a podcast called the Common Sense Podcast. It is awesome. Definitely check it out. Haley did a mailbag for the athletic not long ago, and the question that she ended with was if there was any word on a potential Sens rebrand. Rumors have long persisted that the Ottawa Senators are rebranding after this season. Uh, a few years ago, I think the safe bet was that they were going to go with the O. The O was going to be the primary logo. Uh, but now it seems to be that the Senators' fans want them to go back to the 2D logos of the 90s. And it seems like that's where the team is headed. I hope so. I think, you know, I kind of wrestled with whether they should go with the O or the 2Ds because I, I, I thought about it like, oh, well, you know, they've done the 2Ds before. The O is something new, something fresh. If not a little plain, why not go with that? Uh, but when I had Ian Mendez on the show, I believe it was episode 12, Ian said that you need to go back to a period of time where there was credibility. Uh, and that's what fans remember about the 90s teams, the later part of the 90s anyway. It was when the Senators were young. They were just starting to hit their stride, just starting to have their first taste of success. And that parallels kind of weirdly with where we're at right now. It seems like the Senators are primed for that kind of year where they get their first taste of real. In that sense, I, I, I got I to gotta agree with Ian. I think going back to the 2D is exactly what this organization needs. If anything, it is a gesture of good faith to the fans from the team. So long for the past few years, fans have been begging for things that they haven't got. Daniel Alfredson's not back in the fold. Eric Carlson is gone. Mark Stone is gone. This fan base needs a win. They got one with Thomas Shabbat and Colin White getting extended. I'm almost positive they'll get another one when Brady Kachuk is re-signed. But this would be huge. This would go a long way with Ottawa Senators fans. It would go a long way with me. I love those jerseys. Those black 90s jerseys are sex. They are gorgeous. Go back to any variation of that. And it's an infinite, like immeasurable improvement on what they have now. And that would be a huge win for the team and for the fan base. So show us that 90s logo, please. Black jerseys, black home jersey. I love it. That's what I want. 
And that's what Sens fans want. So give it to them. Let's get to questions. Steve Webb asks, any news on Nilsson and his concussion? Haven't heard. If not, looking good. Uh, who would you have as a second goal? Oh, if it's not looking good, who would you have as a second goalie for the Sens? Also, theoretical trades or signings to get to the cap floor this year. What players from cap strap teams would you pluck? Great question, Steve. Uh, Pure Dorian, the last time he was on TSN 1200, said Nilsson is feeling good, uh, starting to work out again. He needs to get back on the ice. Uh, but it seems like he's on the road to recovery. So I hope that that is the correct indication. Um, concussions are nasty. Everyone who listens to the show and who reads my writings know that I've gone through a fair share of them myself, uh, especially when they linger and you can't shake the symptoms for a while. That's a really bad place to be in. It's really tough. So um, I really hope Anders Nilsson is coming out of it. And if he's not, you know, touch wood, I think for second goalie, what do you do? You probably turn to free agency um, just for a stopgap guy. You don't want you don't want to rush Joey Decord, who looks so promising. I think Marcus Hogberg is capable of jumping into a starter role next year, but it's better to ease him into it. So that that's what I think. I think you've got to turn to free agency. Uh, as well, as far as picking up guys from other teams go, especially cash strap teams, one guy who really jumps out to me is Colton Pareko from St. Louis. He is a fantastic, fantastic young defenseman. And I, I think he's a perfect fit, especially as a right-handed shot on an Ottawa team, a guy who can quarterback a power play, uh, and St. Louis, who has to try to re-sign Petrangelo with almost no cap space, that would be a guy I would take a hard look at. Friend of the show, Taylor, wants to know, do you feel as en- enough time has passed and the wounds have healed enough for the Sens to induct Danny Heatley into the Ring of Honor? Uh, do you feel the same applies for Alexi Yashin as well? Ooh, Alexi Yashin, yeah. I think more than enough time has passed. Um, I don't know so much about ring of honor because that's seems to me like something more for beloved players but if we're talking purely talent and purely based on production then yeah alexi ashton is definitely a guy who strikes me as ring of honor worthy uh heatley i think it's definitely time to forgive and forget there um but ring of honor i don't know um again i think it's a beloved player thing or a beloved staff member thing. So because of the way they left, I don't know that you could ever, you know, honor them. But I think it's definitely time to forgive both guys, especially for the levels of production that they brought Ottawa. They were both some of the most talented players to ever pull on the uniform. And Brian wants to know, what's the tastiest animal? Jesus, man. What's wrong with you? God. That's probably a cow. I love steak. I love hamburgers. Um, Sorry for my vegan and vegetarian listeners, but hey, man, that's the way we roll. And that is going to do it for episode 25 of Internal Budget. Gang, thank you as always for listening. I love doing these episodes every week, and I can't believe we're at 25 now, and the listenership keeps growing. So seriously, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means the world to me. If you want to repay me, and you should, 
joking, of course. Please like the podcast, share it with your friends, download, subscribe, and that big five-star rating is huge. It goes a super long way, and I, of course, really appreciate it. Please keep doing the smart things. Wear your masks in public. Limit the people you have contact with. Please stay healthy. Stay safe. Episode 26 coming at you next week. Take care, y'all.